0: Hello, everyone, whether you're a first-time participant or been with us on these media conferences from the start. On behalf of Tony Khan and everyone at AEW, sincere thanks to everyone for spending a part of your day with us. This Sunday night, May 30th, AEW will broadcast the third edition of Double or Nothing from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. The full-capacity crowd will see the four championships defended, the inner circle and the pinnacle battling it out in the stadium stampede, the return of the casino battle royale, and Sting wrestling in front of a crowd for the first time in six years. So with us today to discuss Double or Nothing and all things AEW is Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes. Now let's turn the call over to Cody for some (coughs) opening remarks and then we'll open the line for your questions. Cody?
1: Hello everybody.
2: It's always great to be with you all on these calls. The past year has been quite a journey and it's been an honor and a joy to continue to put on shows for our fans. We are very much looking forward to getting back on the road with upcoming shows in Miami, Austin, and Houston, along with some other great markets. I'm extremely pumped to be able to bring back and be part of this team and Tony Khan bringing back a full house for the incredible show we have in store at Double or Nothing on Sunday. Uh, With that in mind, let's get to the question.
0: Okay, thanks, Cody. What we're going to do is I'm going to announce who's up first and then who's on deck. So we're going to start with Louis Dangor from Russell Talk and then Izzy. Uh, we'd like to have you ready to go after Louis's finished uh, and Cody answers Louis's question. So, Louis, the floor is yours. Hi, Cody. Thank you very much for taking the time. Um, I wanted to speak to you about the upcoming Rampage show, obviously, a very exciting announcement. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what that show is going to entail? What's it going to look like compared to Dynamite, Dark and Dark Elevation and sort of uh, the talks that have been going on about getting that show into uh, fruition?
2: Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for, for Rampage. On, on a personal note, one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing with Rampage is we have a very large roster. Uh, we're looking to expand our roster even further. So to be able to get people off the bench, some very, very talented people uh, to spread the wealth. It's incredibly exciting. Uh, it's August 13th, TNT. We're going to be on at 10 p.m. Eastern. And then Rampage is going to move to the to the mothership, uh, to the Superstation TBS, uh, starting January 1st, uh, 2022. Uh, Rampage is definitely going to complement Dynamite, and it will serve as a third hour of programming where we can further our storyline and showcase this Roster. A big part of this is establishing, or better yet, re-establishing TBS as the world's undisputed destination for wrestling. And with the three best hours of wrestling on the planet joining their network early next year, I think we're on track to, to do just that. I am very excited for Rampage. I got to see some of the art for the logos and things of that nature and the digital assets just the other day. And just really cool to see us able to expand so quickly.
0: Hey, thanks, Louie. <clears throat> Izzy uh, from Hot Tag with Izzy uh, is next, and we're gonna follow Izzy with Stephanie Francombe from Steel Chair. Izzy?
1: Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Izzy. Awesome, how are you, Cody?
2: Oh, I'm wonderful. I don't know how you got on this call, but I'm doing good. <laughs>
1: I stuck my way in. But, um, sure. Sanjay, Sunday is such a huge night for you. Not only are you representing the Rhodes' legacy, but you are going into this match as the American dream. So is this match against Anthony Ogogo like a statement match for you?
2: I look at every pay-per-view in such a, almost all of them, I look in a different light for for the story that I'd like to tell and the story that I'm currently part of. This just fits so well being Memorial Day weekend and being that both men in the match really, truly are living the American dream and and the beauty of that. And again, this weekend in Jacksonville, Florida, it just felt like a great time to pick up uh, that sword and shield that I, I referred to as too heavy for me. <laughs> it is. But again, it's mine and Dustin's to pick up. It's a one night only thing. Uh, I'm the American Nightmare. I know. I know my role, but uh, I absolutely will try and make a statement as far as myself as a wrestler, myself as a member of uh, the Rhodes family, and uh, where we're moving forward to with Double or Nothing, and as the brand continues to expand. So, yes, ma'am, it is indeed a, a statement match.
0: Thanks, Cody. Up next is going to be Stephanie Francom from Steel Chair, and following Steph will be Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful. Steph, hi Cody. Hey, I I always look forward to hearing your voice
2: on these calls. How are you doing?
0: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, that makes me very happy. Merci <laughs>
1: it
0: will be my only word in French. Uh, my question we we will follow. Uh, easy 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 one because um like we said you picked up antonio gogo um which one the first man that you signed a w signed um i would say as as an AEW baby i mean um uh to for the nightmare factory um I want to know what you think about his potential and his progression uh his progress over the year and two years maybe now um and why why did you choose him thank you
1: thank
2: you it's a great question Uh, anthony agogo i would consider i don't think i'm speaking incorrectly here when i say i would consider him AEW's very first you put baby but the very first uh, developmental wrestler we had, and I was part of his signing. DDP had introduced him to me. DDP uh, tells me about ten people a day that are going to change my life, and you know he's he's. I don't know what the the batting average is on that, but he wasn't wrong about Anthony Agogo. The upside is very very visible for anybody watching Dynamite in terms of the look. The charm, and one thing I got to see firsthand initially with his training was his skill in the ring. Now, Anthony um, and I don't necessarily get along, and I can't take credit for training him. Uh, that is definitely going to go to QT Marshall, uh, who is, if not the best trainer in the entire world, not the friendliest guy, but I'm very curious to see where he's at now. I don't think he's ready for this type of scenario against me on a pay-per-view under the bright lights. Uh, I don't think he's ready for it, but uh, only only time will tell, and we will find out that double or nothing. But, yeah, I, I think I would hope he has a great showing because us not having a developmental and the nightmare factory and two-degree creative pro being almost unofficial – and very unofficial at that. Developmentals. Uh, we we want to know that we're able to turn out and create new stars, as that is the most important thing: replenishing new stars uh, to grow and keep a, keep our industry going. So, yeah, all eyes on Anthony agogo uh, this Sunday to see how uh, how he's grown, as you put it, from a baby uh, to now. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how he does in the ring.
0: Thanks, Steph. Okay, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful is next, and he will be followed by Chris Mueller from Bleacher Report. Sean?
1: Hey, Cody. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So
2: we've heard some rumors, uh, unsubstantiated so far, that you and other EVPs might not be on speaking terms. The Young Bucks made light of it on their bio, which you also retweeted. Is there anything you can lend to that? Is there anything that
1: you can provide? I mean, is it true? What What did you think when you heard that out there? Uh, is, is there anything you can add to that?
2: Well, when I heard that that story was floating around, it is one of the things I chopped up as we've been very successful, AEW and with NXT uh, losing the Wednesday Night Wars, that created a lot of anger. And I understand that there's a lot of, hardcore nxt and wwe fans out there and that's why those stories stories like that don't surprise me i think people need to cling to something and as sexy as that story is i talk to mad and nick every day uh, i talk to kenny very often i support their projects fully they've been supportive of all my projects and we would not be able to put this show on the air uh, tony's the man and tony's the boss. Uh, but we would not be able to put this show on the air if the four of us were not functioning as one team. So we really, unfortunately, it's not very sexy to say, but uh, we're, we're, there's no truth to that. Um, again, we're one team, and now with us expanding on the TBS, we will remain one team.
0: Thank you both. Um, okay, Chris Mueller from Bleacher Report. You are up next. I'm going to follow that with a writing question,
1: Chris. All right, thank you, Cody. How are you doing today? Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. So,
2: uh, since Sean opened the rumor floodgate, there is another story going around about your recent promo, and you had mentioned that you you workshopped this and you'd uh, you'd focus group the promo a little bit, and I think that created a lot of questions among people online and i was just wondering if you could go into a little more detail on that like who who are you focus grouping it with is it your your nightmare factory students the roster the evps like what is that process like for you it's a great question and i'm so excited you asked it because i'm going to chalk this up to me not knowing what the term focus group means because i woke up this morning to uh, a very uh a uh, large amount of people in my mentions, almost all of them, with a Roman or a Sasha Banks avatar making fun of me for using the term focus group. I did not focus group this promo. What I intended to say, and I did not say correctly, so chalk this up to me being a dummy, uh, I work on my promos very hard. And a lot of the old timers who said, oh, I was just doing it on the fly, uh, I would say they worked on theirs very hard, whether it be in the gym, whether it be in the car, looking in the rear view. Uh, so when it comes to my promos, the process is usually I voice memo it out to the people I trust the most, the legends uh, in our industry, some coaches and some members of management. And I like to see what they think, but absolutely not. There is no AEW focus group uh, that is listening uh, to to my interviews. I would just chalk up My passion and love for promos, uh, I I got to see a really great working relationship firsthand between Brian Gawertz and The Rock. And I know that's an incredibly lofty comparison, but it's one to shoot for because him being such an exceptional entertainer and promo. So I like to take mine very seriously. Uh, I like to be all business about them. And last year, I was so fortunate and humbled to have won a bunch of those promo awards like with Inside the Ropes and various outlets like that, that I just want to continue to deliver really good uh, content whenever I put the mic to my lips. Yeah, so it's a great question, and and
1: thank you for allowing me to clear that up.
0: Okay, thank you, Cody. Um, I'm going to take a question here from a a write-in from Jerr Rush from Sports Matters. Jerr asks, Cody, you seem to have become a kind of a father figure to many younger talent backstage and in the Nightmare Factory. Do you think in some way this is helping you prepare for fatherhood?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, I Yeah, I actually, I think so. Don't, don't tell
2: my wife that. Um, but I, I think my time at the Nightmare Factory um, has, it definitely has honed my patience a great deal because I teach the beginner camps at the nightmare factory and that's so much fun, but you do have to be very patient. You do have to take your time and you have to remember what it was like, uh, when, when I was a rookie or when you were a rookie about, you know, just fundamentals can be incredibly difficult, but the nightmare factory and those beginner camps has made me a far better wrestler and has been one of the most rewarding experiences. When I see Uh, Brooke Havoc on Dark, even though she got beat in like 30 seconds, uh, are Dylan McQueen, uh, Carly Bravo, Dean Alexander, young Hayden Backlund of the Backlund family. They're they're kids. And I, I am just really proud. I absolutely put my stamp on them. In the wrestling business, it's not just about who you know. It's about who you know who will speak up for you. And we teach our kids to be professional, put the professional in professional wrestling, and I'm very proud of of all of them. It has helped me uh, to a degree. Uh, I don't know how much more time I'll have to be able to be at the Nightmare Factory so often, but it's been one of my absolute favorite things to see them out there. And again, it goes back to an earlier question. It's so important that we genuinely develop. You can't be in a wrestling school for more than six months cops until you get out there and you start actually getting those reps in, especially now with crowds coming back. So I have nothing but love for the Nightmare Factory and the three camps I've been a part of, and they absolutely have prepared me to a degree for uh, my upcoming uh, run as a father. Thank you, Cody. Um, Okay,
0: we're going to go back to the live questions now. Uh, We're going to start with Amy Nemedy from Russell Joy, and Amy will be followed by Bill Pritchard. So, Amy, you are up.
1: Amy, you need to unmute yourself. Sorry. Thank you so much. Um, So, the first AEW Double or Nothing was the very first AEW show, and now we have the first
2: aw show with crowds back again being double or nothing as well what is the energy
1: like in the locker room as everyone gets ready to perform in front of crowds once again
2: it's a great question i think what you'll see with the show on sunday is a lot of perhaps plans or strategies on how people were going to perform and compete altered by the fact that crowds are back. I wouldn't be surprised if you see some tears because, gosh, pandemic wrestling has had some absolute bright spots, uh, the TNT title being the one I always think of the most. But it's time to get back in front of crowds, and I think it will heavily alter and affect the show. Um, I cannot wait. I I'm, They're going to have to hold me back from jumping into the crowd and just wanting to – be right there with them. That's such a huge part of the music that we make. They're really the orchestra for it. And uh, I've just been texting with different members of the roster just this morning. I was talking with Eddie Kingston and, and just all of us. It's all underlying that backstage environment and that energy is we're ready for this. We're ready and to be coming back to a full house, Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Double or Nothing is the perfect spot for it, as you mentioned, the very first AEW show. And now it's the first show to let fans back in for wrestling as a whole. So my my heart is full uh, for Sunday.
0: Thank you both. Um, okay, we're going to now go to Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. And Bill will be followed by Stephanie Chase from Digital Spy. Bill?
1: Bill, you need to unmute yourself. Hey, Cody, how are you doing? Good. how are you? Not too bad. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, another question
2: related to Rampage. We know the show's coming, and I believe you or Tony said it was going to be, you know, treated on the same level as Dynamite, but it's also going to be the fourth show in a week with the two dark brands, so...
1: How is it going to influence, if at all, Dark and Elevation? And can you maybe – do you have any updates on how the, the quarterly specials are going to be fit into that format? I know people keep referring to them as Clash of the Champions-style shows, but um, any updates on how they're going to be integrated into the plan?
2: Absolutely. Um, he, Tony is is not lying to you when he says that the – Rampage will be treated with the same uh, care that that Dynamite is. I know comparable in the business, often when a new show comes up, it might be considered a secondary show. Uh, This is not. Not unlike the TNT title was never intended on being a secondary title. And I also know that a lot of people are really concerned about what happens with dark and dark elevation. Those are fan-favorite pieces of content. We are absolutely going to continue to produce them. And I'm excited as we travel to not only be touching the independent team from Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and the South, we're going to be able to look at it a little bit case by case as we're going to these different markets, which has always been something to look forward to when it comes to elevation or when it comes to dark uh, itself. Rampage and Dynamite. Are, are very much going to be complimentary shows. They are not competing brands. Uh, the rosters are not split. And they will lean in to the four mega events that we do for TNT. And if you know anything about us with what we've just put on TV, we're not a save-it-for-the-pay-per-view type company. We have four pay-per-views a year, and that logic is in this ec- economy, it's passe to save it because we're paid for the TV content and paid incredibly well. So those four specials will be a la Clash of the Champions. That is the best example I can give you other than perhaps Saturday night's main event. They will be mega events. As you know, Tony likes to theme dynamites often per holidays, per events, uh, and these will will be converging stories is a good way to look at it that you'll see when it comes to the the four specials. But Rampage, Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, um, they they might have all individual identities, uh, but they're all held as a priority and Dynamite and Rampage are absolutely complementing
1: each other.
0: Thank you, Cody. Stephanie Chase, you are up next. Hi, Cody. Stephanie, um, just a minute, I want to alert John Alba, we'll be following Stephanie.
1: Steph, go ahead. Hey, sorry for jumping in there. Hey, Cody, how are you?
2: I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Um, I was just re-watching the double or nothing from twenty nineteen and as Amy mentioned, your first pay-per-view, and you really came out there and made a statement smashing the throne and you had such a great match with Dustin. So I'm wondering two years on now, Dynamite, you're alone on Wednesdays, you've got new T V deals, you've got rampage coming up. How do you um like assess AW's growth in the past two years? Has it happened quicker than you thought it would and have you accomplished
1: what you set out to and has your vision for what you wanted the company to be is it now a reality I that's a
2: very lovely and and loaded question and I I am I guess the way I'd put it I'm not surprised at the expansion but I've always been the eternal pessimist. And the reasoning for that is I grew up in a wrestling family. Can't tell you how many times I heard, oh, this this show is going to get TV and this is going to be on this network. And it was not until Tony Khan that wrestling was able to be brought back to a comparable network and actually have a alternative and a challenger in the space. It has been almost two decades. So... Even that, I, I know this can all end just on the drop of a hat, but it is amazing
1: how quickly
2: we've expanded, especially now expanding into the TBS territory. As far as my vision, my vision, I think, has intersected with the Buck's vision and with Kenny's vision and, of course, with Tony's vision. And that I really enjoy because it creates a fluid identity. For the show itself, it, there's nothing that is just going to be AEW 101. Or um, I'm trying to think of another way to to word it, but just it's never business as usual with AEW, especially with the roster that we have. So I think my vision has it's been truly respected. It's intersected with the Bucks' vision, with Kenny's vision, and then Tony's outlook. On what wrestling can be, and kind of his fearless endeavoring, and to keep expanding and growth, and the success story we've been for Warner Media. All this long-winded answer to say, I'm not surprised, but it absolutely is something I, I do not take for granted that we've been able to expand and bring so many casual and lapsed fans back
0: into the space. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, Cody, thank you. <clears throat> John Alba from Spectrum Sports, your next. And I'm gonna go to a couple of writing questions, John.
1: There we go, sorry, wasn't letting me unmute. Uh, Cody, thank you for the time and congratulations to both you and Brandy as you get ready to welcome uh, your beautiful baby girl into the world. Um, I wanted to ask about the crowds
2: coming back furthermore. Uh, when was the decision made to go full capacity? What is your plan for touring going forward as you start to add more dates here? And uh, can
1: we expect to see Trevor Lawrence or Tim Tebow become all elite?
2: The latter part of your question is uh, is, is tricky. It is was a unique. Uh, I can say I was incredibly excited to find out that right behind the go position is Flex Field. And to know, you know, Tony Khan whispered to me that Tim Tebow was on that field catching passes, and that was uh, somebody who grew up, you know, in in the SEC circles of college football. That was very exciting to hear, to see Urban at the hotel, and, of course, Trevor Lawrence incoming and having the whole city captivated. I'll tell you this, they better be they better be all elite because we share a lot of the same space, a lot of the same dressing rooms, the same gym. Uh, I would hope, and, and I think, uh, I know Urban's been real excited ever since he saw uh, the Shaq match, but just great acquisitions for the Jags. Congratulations to the Khan family. Uh, when it comes to full crowds and full capacities, we're always going to go within state guidelines. Uh, our chief legal officer, who's been seen on several of the contract signings uh, we've done on air, Mega, um she's always going to do everything by the book she truly is law and order and um that that makes our touring very easy we're going to comply within state guidelines so if that is only a percentage we're going to only open up that percentage uh if it's a state that's able to be full tilt boogie that's the direction we're going to go and if markets aren't ready uh to have our footprint in their building just yet you know, we do have Daly's Place as an area that there's a few times we're going to come back and revisit Daly's Place is undoubtedly the home of AEW. It might not have began as the home, but it certainly is now. Uh, so we have that to fall back into uh, as we get ready and get get this going. I can say, and I don't mean to be vague, there's some really large announcements about touring uh that are incoming uh particularly with some markets that are that they they need they need to be hit and we want to hit them uh, and that's something that i look forward to so please stay tuned um, to the all elite socials for for that information
0: thanks john um somewhere i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple uh write-ins here first one is from rick Accino from sports keto Rick asks, Hikaru Shida has held the AW Women's Championship for over a year now, while Dr. Britt Baker has steadily become one of the top stars in the company. What's your excitement level and expectations for this match? And if Dr. Britt Baker wins, will she get an action figure?
2: Well, the latter part of that question, let me just go ahead and clear this up. I am not in control of the action figures. I I am not that you can you can. Chalk that up to Jeremy at Jazzwares, who does an incredible job, his team. I, I can say this, they are going to make the action figures that sell. That's why some of them have been over indexed. Unfortunately, that's been me. And I don't know if you've seen the end of my action figures in sight, but I am terrified every time he makes an action figure announcement. I, She's got to be on the list soon. I mean, she's one of the world's most popular wrestlers going into one of the most anticipated matches of the weekend. With respect to Sheeta, I called myself the ace at AEW in a promo not too long ago, and uh, I would say the only reason I can't fully commit to that is because Sheeta has been the ace in terms of her ability to compete at a high level with the title, to keep the title, Um, and her celebration coming up uh, tomorrow night on Dynamite, having been the champion for for so long, I'm very excited to see their match. I don't think she does someone who currently can be beat. That's just my opinion. But what I love about their match is the same thing I love about Miro's match. It's the same thing I love about the Casino Battle Royale, about myself versus Anthony Gogo uh, of the the World Championship on the line. Is that this pay per view is truly And we're not using that hyperbolic wrestling language, but every match could be a main event on this pay-per-view. And that's gonna make for an absolutely combustible, insanely fun Double or Nothing.
0: Thank you, Cody. And then I've got another question from um, online here. This one's from George McKay of Straight Talk Wrestling. George asks, the Double or Nothing pay-per-view has really a stacked card. Are there any matches other than yours you're especially looking forward to.
2: Oh, I, I I think I'm looking forward to seeing how John Moxley uh, mixes it up with Eddie and the Bucks. The Bucks provide a type of wrestling that is always so different from everything else on the card. It's one of the reasons I'm a fan of their their work and I've bonded over their work is it isn't. The type of wrestling I grew up on, it's, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new evolution of what we do. And to see Mox in there and to see Eddie, uh, hard-hitting, gritty guys who like to fight, who like the taste of their own blood, um, that's a match I'm absolutely looking forward to. And, of course, uh, I get to be a little kid again and be sitting in go position to watch Sting wrestle in front of a live audience in a, a true match for the first time in what is it, six years. Uh um, that that that's special. Seeing Sting and Darby Allen together in this odd mentor student relationship noir that they have going on is one of my favorite things on the show. Um but I know Sting's incredibly motivated, taking it incredibly seriously. And I think he's going to have the crowd in the palm of his hands.
0: Thank you, Cody. <clears throat> Let's do one more write-in. And then after this write-in, we're going to go to Kyle Prescott from AEW Discussion. So this last write-in question here <clears throat> comes from Russell Weekland of Hollywood Life. You mentioned recently that the TNT title will not will likely not be renamed but will there be a chance to have a TBS title in the future as more shows for AEW are made?
2: That's a great question. It's, uh, the TBS the TBF title has not been uh, discussed yet. Uh, another title, as a lot of people can guess, has been the title that's been more discussed about potentially coming in the future. I'll let y'all speculate on, on what that is. Uh, hint, hint, we have a lot of people, teams on the roster. Um, but, uh, no, the TBS title has not been discussed, but you never know the, remember the origins of the TNT title was Warner media, our television partner and provider is the one that wanted us to have it. And that was a first in all of wrestling for your partner in the space to say, we'd like you to represent us, um, which is why we'll keep it. The TNT title, um, throughout its, its time, it's my favorite belt and all of wrestling. Um, but no, no TBS title currently at the moment.
0: Okay, so Kyle Prescott from AEW Discussion is gonna come up next and we're gonna follow Kyle with Sean Radakin from Pro Wrestling Torch. Kyle?
1: Kyle, you need to unmute yourself. kyle you unmute it and then mute it again oh oh my bad uh are you are you are you able to hear me yes we are all right uh uh, 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 my
2: question for cody and thank you for uh uh, taking this call uh with live touring shows uh returning soon how can we expect dark and elevation to be structured as far as uh As far as some of the independent talent that we've seen on the show recently, is there plans to to, to keep any of
1: them or or bring any more in? Uh, With
2: Dark and Elevation, in respect to your question, as we travel and tour, the thing I think that will change is perhaps you'll see less uh, independent faces from the south and more independent faces from the specific market we are in. Uh, If you are at all implying that we need to hire Fuego before we leave Daly's place, I can say he is currently in last place on the potential to get the Nightmare Family Jacket, and uh, I don't see him uh, turning it out. But I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, Dark and Elevation are going to be what they always are. Elevation is the showcase. It also is very important to us because Paul White. Is the announcer on that, Big G uh, being part of it. I think really the only difference you'll notice is perhaps regional in terms of independent talent from the specific markets we're in. But so many people, to your question again, who have impressed us, uh, I guess way is included in that, so many people who have impressed us will probably travel with us uh, potentially. Uh, just because they've become a big part of our identity and who we are. But, again, that'll uh, be something that uh, time will time will tell and logistics will tell uh, when it comes to touring.
0: Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> um, okay, Sean Radican from Pro Wrestling Tours will be up next, and Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. will follow Sean. Sean, you're up.
1: sean can you hear us can you hear me now yes we can hear you sean hey
2: cody how are you good how are you good um my question is warner media clearly thinks highly of you in terms of your star power and your ability to translate beyond you know the aew brand you've been part of go big show and now you're filming your own or you're starting soon to film your own reality tv series with brandy and you know, you've talked in the past about how AEW is a data-driven company. Um, you know, I see you as someone that could really carry the ball in the main event scene regularly. Uh, but you've been, you know, you've done great things working with younger talent. Where, where have you found your, you know, your your role in the company? How, you know, how have you found your role in the company, so to speak, so far? And you know, has there been an itch to push yourself higher up the card, given? you know, the, the presence you have not only in AEW, but beyond AEW? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and I, I can choose to answer it in a personal fashion or in a professional fashion. Uh, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll split the difference to a degree. Um, I am aware of uh, my numbers and my reach and I'm again, humbled and very lucky that I have the, the fans I do. i chase those fans. For, it felt like a decade before uh, the noise started to get made. And um, I'm so su- just supportive of, of them as they are supportive of me. When it comes to going up the card, I am going to keep my promise as far as not challenging for the AEW World Championship. And if you're not the world champion, you can't say you're the best wrestler in the world. So as a wrestler that eats at me, Absolutely, and I mean this in all sincerity, that eats at me, but I made a promise, and we want to make sure as a brand, and me as a person, that I, I keep my uh, promises. So what my goal is, with, with any segment that I am part of, and with any segment that I produce, because I do produce several segments, uh, potentially a week, and things of that nature, with anything I produce, I try to make it just as valuable. Um, as the main event. I tried to to steal uh, the show in every capacity I'm presented, and that has presented a challenge with doing it with perhaps some very new and freshman talent, but no risk, no reward. Darby Allen is a prime example of that, and look at what he's become. Uh, uh, He's heading towards household name status at AEW, but I don't see myself shooting up the card uh, in the world title picture. if I want to keep that promise to fans, I'm not going to break that promise and turn heel. It's just not going to happen. I, I work my ass off for the fans that I have, and I'm going to continue to work for them. Uh, yeah, so I, I just try to make the best of what I have, and I think that challenges those segments around me, whether they're up the card or down the card, uh, to keep up with me. Just as I like to keep up with some of the better talent we have uh, on our show, I appreciate that question a lot. It made me feel <laughs> it made me feel really good today. Uh, but uh, I like uh, I like the direction I'm going currently. Thank you.
0: Thank you, both Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. You will be on next, and then I'm going to uh, have another write-in question. Uh, so Nick, you're up. Hi, Cody. Thank you very much for
1: taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, my friend. Um,
2: so I wanted to get your take on the the idea that, that fans are kind of taking sides with you in a go-go. Um, some fans seem to think that he's the good guy because of some of his, like, criticisms of the U.S. And you're the bad guy for being maybe too pro-United States. And then there's just some, like, criticism in general about bringing so much politics into pro-wrestling. What What are your thoughts on all that? Well, again, with with the interview, because that's kind of what we're discussing here, which this interview I felt like was a month ago, and I've, I've been shocked at how much attention it's gotten. Um, but with that in mind, I very much am proud to, to be an American. I do think hope outweighs. We have tons of problems here, which was the first thing I said when I started speaking. We have tons of problems, but I, I still genuinely believe hope outweighs. Um, I'm not trying to mansplain racism to anyone. All I was trying to say was that I'm very proud of my wife. I'm proud of the city I'm in, and I'm proud of this baby girl um, that's on the way. When it comes to Anthony's opinions on the United States, those are his opinions. That's the beautiful thing about being here, is he can say whatever you like, and he has chosen to say a lot, and to a degree pointing out flaws and things that we do wrong as a country I think you're amiss if you only point them out and don't point out that people are functionally and actively trying to fix them. That's one of the things I'm most proud of, and I'm excited uh, for Memorial Day weekend as we honor our fallen to just always reiterate is, yeah, we've got a lot of messy spots, but everyone does their part, at least I believe, and I'm a hopeful person in terms of trying to clean that up. Anthony is here living the American dream, as were many professional wrestlers in their time. I cited Bruno Sammartino uh, in my promo, an Italian immigrant who just changed our industry um, forever. I think the way Anthony's done it is a little crude. And I think punching a man uh, when his back is turned where, you know, and then draping them under your flag is, is a a crass, I suppose. But again, that's the beautiful thing about fans. It's a beautiful thing about wrestling. You pay your money. You're allowed to do whatever you want as a fan. Um, so people who think he might be the good guy or I'm the good guy or I'm the bad guy or he's the bad guy, that's fine That's, that's fine by me. It's more interest for the match uh, and more interest for the outcome of the match. Uh, but with all that said, when it's said and done, I, I really hope to say, whether I like him personally or not, that I'm proud of Anthony as far as him being AEW's first developmental talent and what that looks like in a major pay-per-view spot.
0: Thank you both. Okay, I'm going to read a a write-in question, and then we will end by spinning the wheel. We have a lot of questions uh, still in line, but we don't have much more time. So let's go with this write-in right now from Maddie Paddock of The Independent. Body, following on from the earlier point about AEW's progress and evolution, how do you guard against saturation in the future? In the sense that AEW has a reputation now for producing excellent content, but soon we'll be doing so on most nights of the week and with live events. That's a lot, a lot going on. So keeping everything innovative and must-see with that regularity will it be a really will it be a balancing act? How are you going to do that?
2: That's a great question. And I think the answer is is definitely how will we do it. And when I say we, I mean the thing that makes us all tick and makes us all work. It's the roster. Uh, I talked earlier about how I try to make my segments matter uh, incredibly. And I try to entertain more than someone else perhaps on the show. And that might encourage and motivate them to do the same. Again, competition uh, creates great product. And we are competitive amongst each other. So it will be up to our roster if we're on Mondays, if we're on Tuesdays, Dynamite uh, being Wednesdays, Rampage being Friday. It's up to our roster. And as far as it up to management and Tony Khan, it's up to how we diversify those shows. I've actually heard Tony say, not everybody needs to be on every show. And I completely agree. And that's one of the things, remember when we first started All Elite Wrestling, the big thing that I sought out was the word fresh. Who's fresh? What's fresh? One of the reasons I wanted to do the open challenge was open that door to something that's fresh that's perhaps not within our company already. That'll be the ticket to, to avoiding oversaturation and avoiding gumming the product down by putting the most fresh wrestlers out there uh, and letting them fly. Again, we're not micromanaging with our coaches and our promos. Uh, we're letting these artists play their music how they'd like to play it, and these competitors compete how they'd like to compete. So that'll be the ticket, the roster and their motivations.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Cody. We're just on the wheel, and we ended with AJ from AJ Awesome Show. AJ, I hope you're ready. Are you good to go?
1: Um. Hi, Cody.
0: Hey, AJ. How are you?
1: Good. My question is, have you done any special training to prepare for your match with Anthony Agogo? Because I'm sure you know he throws really rib-breaking punches.
2: Absolutely. I I know firsthand. Uh, I shouldn't have had to feel it uh, knowing he's an Olympic medalist that they were going to be uh, hands of stone. Uh, but I, but that's a great question. And, yeah, no, I actually have done something different. Since everything has been a body blow, uh, minus the big one he gave, Austin Gunn, with me, everything has been a body blow. You've got to do core work, and you've got to do oblique work, and you've got to get outside of the obvious, Sit ups and crunches, and you've got to actually get out there and do a little bit of hit training and things of that nature. And I've also been able to be in the rings at the school on a regular basis. The ticket with him and the training that I would implement into this match is this is a wrestling match. In a boxing match against Anthony, I don't stand a chance. In a wrestling match, I actually don't think he stands a chance because every fight, and everybody who's been in a fight who's on this call knows this ends up on the ground if i can get them on the ground or if i can get them on the ropes if i can contain those hands then then uh it's going to be a good night for me if i can't i'll be looking up at the lights for the old three second
0: pan thanks aj thanks cody and and thank you everyone unfortunately we're at the end of our time so per our custom we'll be distributing an audio copy shortly and once again, thanks again for you know, joining the call. We hope to see some of you this weekend in Jacksonville. But uh, no matter where you may be on Sunday night, we, we appreciate you being part of Double or Nothing. Best wishes to everyone, and thanks again for your interest and support of All Elite Wrestling. Thank you.
1: Thank you all.